Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. It is December the 12th, 2021, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z, and today we're going to talk about a wide variety of topics. But first, I want to ask you, do you remember Sherman and Peabody? Sherman and Peabody in the Wayback Machine. It was a cartoon show on the Bullwinkle Show back in, oh God, 1960s, 1970s. Peabody was a dog, a very smart, intelligent, wise dog, and his boy, Sherman, was a young child who needed to learn about life. So, to learn about the present, they would often go back into time in history and see things that occurred, and Peabody would explain to Sherman why things were done. And Sherman, being a young, mischievous young boy, he would often mess things up, and Sherman would have to come back and straighten them out anyway. I want to go into the Wayback Machine today and go way, way back to five months after Donald Trump was elected to office. At that point in time, naughty, nasty Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, didn't like the fact that Donald Trump had beaten her friend and ally Hillary Rotten Clinton. Nope, she didn't like it one bit. And she issued a tweet that said... Quote, our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to protect our democracy and follow the facts. This was from Nancy Pelosi's actual Twitter feed dated May 16th, 2017. You can look it up at Nancy Pelosi. Let's see, Nancy Pelosi... 516 of 2017. Our election was hijacked. There is no question Congress has a duty to protect our democracy and follow the facts. Now, that in itself may sound innocuous. It may sound uh, innocent and uh, might make sense to some of you, especially those of you who think Congress does indeed have the right to challenge elections, to challenge the votes of the Electoral College. Well, that's exactly what nasty Nancy Pelosi was doing in Congress May 16th of 2017. She and a group of other Congress people were actually questioning the Electoral College vote that put Donald Trump into office. And as you know, that led off to a series of impeachment attempts and false allegations and phony accusations and Russia, Russia, Russia scams, and everything else. And back then, on May 16th, 2017, nasty Nancy Pelosi thought it was her duty to question the Electoral College votes. Okay, fast forward to the present, to last week, actually, and the recent past, we'll call it. Nasty Nancy Pelosi and people in the squad, those far-left radicals in Congress... They're calling for the ouster of 138 Republican members of the House for simply doing exactly what nasty Nancy Pelosi and her kind did back in 2017. The exact same thing. Simply 
questioning electoral college votes based on information that they received, you know, thousands of sworn signed affidavits about election fraud, hundreds and hundreds of videotaped reports of actual election fraud occurring, the questionable votes by a certain voting machine manufacturer who will remain nameless at this point in time because I don't need to have the courts coming after yours truly for mentioning their name that starts with a D and ends in an N. Yes, that double standard is alive and kicking. On this very program, many, many months ago, I predicted that at one point in the near future, the Democrats, the leftists, the socialists, the communists running the left side of our nation would start to eat themselves alive. You see, Democrats are fond of making all kinds of promises to all kinds of groups of people, not even realizing because of their lack of intelligence, their lack of foresight, that those groups of people sometimes don't like one another. And according to the Washington Examiner, congressional Democrats just admitted that we, the United States of America, cannot afford the Green New Deal that Joe Biden said out of one side of his mouth he was 100% for, and then when speaking to coal miners in Pennsylvania, he said absolutely not. Speaking out of both sides of one's mouth does have consequences, gropey Joe. The Democrats did accidentally show their hand by voting for a new loophole to the U.S. House of Representatives' budget rules under nasty Nancy Pelosi. The pay-as-you-go rule, which imposes a little bit of fiscal restraint by requiring spending increases to be accompanied by spending cuts to keep the national deficit from growing and growing and growing and growing, well, the pay-as-you-go rule now specifically excludes climate change-related bills. Going forward with it, the House essentially admitted we can't afford the Green New Deal and that Democrats don't want you to know how much it will actually cost. What actually happened was, if tomorrow we wanted to implement funding, let's say, to build a, I don't know, something crazy, something wacky and unheard of. I know, how about a wall at the southern border to prevent illegal immigration? Let's say <laughs> some wacky president proposed building an actual physical wall at the southern border of the United States. And they said that wall was going to cost $10 billion. Well, according to the pay-as-you-go rule in Congress with regard to budgetary matters, the departments that would benefit from the wall would have to then give up $10 billion in cuts other places in their system. So if you want a $10 billion wall, we're going to take $10 billion out of your other spending. So no more new vehicles, maybe no more new weapons or bullets or shields, or uniforms, or hell, salaries. But what they did with the climate change rules was they gave a loophole saying that climate change-related bills do not have to have a dollar-for-dollar dollar cut. In other words, they're going to ram the Green New Deal down your throats and tax you to death in order to implement the Green New Deal, and they don't 
have to cut anything in the budget to offset those massive increases that are expected. Now, the true cost of the Green New Deal is unknown, but estimates range from $50 trillion to $90 trillion. So let me put that into perspective for you, boys and girls. Last year's entire federal spending for every single program, every single department, every single agency, including every pen, every pencil, every scrap of paper, every payroll dollar, every benefits dollar, every gallon of fuel used, both essential and fundamentally silly expenditures. The entire United States government's federal spending was only $6.6 trillion. So let's say we're dropping $50 trillion. That will either require raising taxes by mind-boggling, staggering percentages. It will certainly double at least the national debt. And in order to shoulder that burden, each and every taxpayer in the United States of America each of our citizens would have to share of the debt at the tune of $400,000 each. That includes Homeless Harry. That includes Double-A Daniel. That includes White Privilege Mark. That includes Hardworking Henry. That includes Welfare Winona. All of them would have to come up with four hundred thousand dollars in taxes alone just to shoulder the debt created by the Green New Deal. That's based on the 50 trillion dollar estimate. You'll almost double that amount to 800,000, actually be more than 800,000, right right around 900,000 if you were to see the higher end of the Green New Deal's price tag nearer to 90 trillion dollars. Of course, those numbers don't include the additional costs of recklessly ditching our most affordable, reliable, and abundant energy sources, such as coal and oil and natural gas. Costs brought on by higher electricity bills would also not be considered in that $400,000 contribution you and I and everybody else would have to make. The unreliable sources of energy that come with wind and solar. Think about it it would be really difficult to calculate the total economic damage that will be done to the United States if the Green New Deal were passed. Now, surely the end result could be worth it, right? Unfortunately, climate science, and we're supposed to be following the science with everything, right? We're supposed to follow the science. But climate science suggests otherwise. Climate data models widely used and recognized by international climate organizations, including the United Nations, show just how much of a waste of time and money the Green New Deal would actually be. Let's say we manage somehow to eliminate all fossil fuels nationwide in the next nine years. By 2030. The result would be that global temperatures would decrease by 0.14 degrees by the end of the century. Not the decade, but the century. So trillions of dollars in new taxes and debt would weigh down the nation's future 
for less than a two-tenths of a degree. That's hardly a bargain, my friends. Even the Global Paris Agreement is a climate sham. If every single country who participates in the Global Climate Accord from Paris, and that includes us, if we all met our emission reduction pledges for the rest of the century, we're talking all the way to the year 2199, December the 30th at midnight. The estimate is that the global temperature difference would be a projected 0.17 degree drop. Less, again, than two-tenths of one degree. Now, transparency and responsible stewardship of our tax dollars should be Congress's number one priority in every single policy area, but especially in energy. For no other political issue influences every aspect of your life nearly as profoundly as access to affordable and reliable power. So your Democrat-controlled Congress is justifying its budgeting games by decrying climate change as, quote, an international crisis, unquote. The real crisis is denying the abundant prosperity, the widespread good health, and the overall comfort provided in our nation and around the world, that for that matter, by fossil fuels. Penalizing oil, clean coal, natural gas, and even nuclear energy means we have more expensive, yet less reliable energy, and of course, less energy to export to our trading partners. The vicious cycle will worsen poverty, give the upper hand to the polluting and unstable producers overseas, and of course, limit economic opportunities around the world, all while crushing the lifeblood of our American economy. Now, I live in South Louisiana, and many of you who listen live in the Texas area. Lots of you have family and friends and neighbors who work in the oil, gas, petrochemical industries. The Green New Deal is an ineffective and unnecessary approach to the wrong problem. But worse, it's a serious proposal, less than a smokescreen, to usher in all kinds of socialism checks on your very freedom. Imagine, at some point, if this goes through, you will not even be allowed to drive your classic gasoline-powered car on the road anymore. Remember the song Red Barchetta by Rush? Came out in the 1980s. I suggest you listen to it. Before the motor law. <laughs> Rush predicted the Green New Deal when I was in high school. Our elected leaders should be ashamed of these flagrant abuses of your tax dollars and of the abuse of power that voters have granted to them. But make no bones about it, folks. Mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, little girl gropey Joe Biden and socialist pig Camel Toe Harris are in the White House next week. Nasty Nancy Pelosi, the squad, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, and others like them are controlling the House of Representatives. 
Over the glasses chuckles the clown Schumer and people like Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, and their kind will be running the Senate. And even though Donald Trump did his best to select more conservative members to be on the nine-member U.S. Supreme Court, with a phony conservative like John Roberts at the head of the Supreme Court, you conservatives might as well just pack a bag and see where else in the world you can move to because it ain't going to be nice for at least the next four years. And with the rampant amount of election fraud, irregularities, questionable voting practices, and a turn-the-other-way media who refuses to do any investigative journalism, it could be a long, long road. Oftentimes, I've asked my children, why don't you have kids? Give us some grandchildren. Come on, guys. This day, I am very thankful that they did not bring more children into this world. I can only imagine 15, 20, 30 years from now, when your grandchildren's children are going to school and you sit around the fireplace. Oh, sorry, can't do that. That would be burning a fossil fuel like wood. You guys are sitting around the electronic fireplace telling stories of how it was in the old days. Your grandchildren will say, wow, grandma and grandpa are really wacky, huh? They make up these stories about when they could drive a car that would do 150 miles an hour and it ran on gasoline. They'll talk and say, Grandma and Grandpa are literally off their rockers. They talk about a time where they could actually say bad things against their government if they wanted to. And they say they used to have something called freedom of speech. <laughs> we all know Grandma and Grandpa are wrong because only Democrat Socialist Party members have freedom of speech. And the rest of us could never even dream of such a thing. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. The cancel culture is alive and kicking. Greeting card company Hallmark has asked two Republican senators to return their political donations to those senators because those two senators exercised their constitutional right to question the validity of the Joe Biden victory in the Electoral College. Hallmark had donated $12,000 to Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri and Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas during the 2020 election cycle through its Political Action Committee. And the actions of the Senators Josh Hawley and Roger Marshall allegedly do not reflect the company's values. As a result, Hall Pack requests they return all of the campaign contributions. If I were Hawley, and Marshall, I'd tell Hallmark to kiss my ever-loving ass. A donation is a donation. Obviously, Hallmark plays to both sides of the candle, which is great if you want to burn your candle up in record time. Hallmark is the first large company to ask for political donations back after pro-Trump rioters, here we go again, stormed the Capitol last Wednesday. And others have pledged to pull the plug on future donations. 
Mr. Hawley, you may recall, is a staunch Trump ally. Back in December, he said he would object to Biden's certification. He said, at the very least, Congress should investigate allegations of voter fraud and adopt measures to ensure the integrity of our elections. But Congress has so far failed to act. Nothing at all wrong with that. Remember, Congress was called on by the liberal media to investigate Donald Trump over and over and over, time and time and time again, based on false allegations, phony dossiers, made-up stories, etc. Congress ultimately voted to certify Gropey Joe's win, but eight Republican senators and 139 members of the House of Representatives voted against this. They included Hawley and Marshall. Several GOP lawmakers said that they would join the group, but they dropped out following the riots. Just hours later, Horseface Cortez called on Hawley and Ted Cruz to resign and blame them for violence at the Capitol that they had absolutely nothing to do with. On Monday, Hallmark asked Hawley and Marshall to return their political donations. Hallmark believes the peaceful transition of power is part of the bedrock of our democratic system, and we abhor violence of any kind. Guess what? Hawley abhors violence of any kind, and so does Marshall. And when they spoke out earlier in the 2020 year about the violence in Portland and Seattle, nary a peep from the Hallmark pukes. Just remember, folks, when you need a greeting card for a wedding or a graduation or a birthday or Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, look on the back and see who made the card. See who is against your values. I know that I won't be looking for the gold crown on the back of my card as a reason to make a purchase, but if I see the gold crown on the greeting card, that card will go back on the shelf. Major U.S. companies, including Amazon, Morgan Stanley, and Dow Chemical, say they will cut off donations to any Republican politician who opposed Biden's certification as president. J.P. Morgan, Google, Fakebook, Citibank, and Microsoft are among companies who are temporarily pulling the plug on all political contributions. That's probably the right way to go. FedEx, Target, CVS Health, and Wally World are currently reviewing their positions on political contributions. Berkshire Hathaway Energy, Ford, and Bank of America said they will review donations on an individual basis going forward. Thomas Gloser, the former CEO of Thomson Reuters, said, Just coming out with another public letter is not going to do much. Money is the key way. Oh, how right you are! I call on all conservative thinkers in America to look very heavily, very closely, at any company who's deciding to boycott Republican conservative idealism, our values, our American values, and choose wisely where to spend your hard-earned money. I have a list here right now, and I will be checking it twice moving forward. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. 
Now for a few random thoughts. The new president and Andrew Cuomo have both decided... What COVID? COVID who? They both decided we need to do a 180 in America. No reason to tank the economy and destroy lives and businesses now. Your constituents were nothing more than pawns to you, were they, boys? The hashtag SOTS2021 came from at NYGovCuomo, the official Twitter account of Governor Andrew Cuomo. It said, dated yesterday, 11 January of 2021, at 11.48 a.m. via the Twitter web app, quote, We simply cannot stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We will have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy. But we must do it smartly and safely. Gee, he was all about shutting down the economy while Donald Trump was in office, still your president. Oh, and by the way, just to piss you off, today, January 12th, 2021, Donald J. Trump is still your president. And mine, too, for that matter. So, as I said earlier, May 16th, 2017, Nancy Pelosi issued a tweet that said our election was hijacked. There's no question. Congress has a duty to protect our democracy and follow the facts. Well, that may have been true in 2017, but in 2021, anyone who protects our democracy, anyone who follows the facts. Anyone who dared question the legitimacy of the Electoral College vote is now being dark-mattered. That is my phrase. They can call it whatever they want. They can call it silenced. They can use any other term they want, but they are basically dark-mattering anyone who has an opposing opinion. Supposedly, Zuckerberg and the fake book are blocking or banning or shutting down or suspending the accounts of anyone who posts the phrase, Stop the Steal. I have several of my friends who went ahead and posted it yesterday and it was still up today. So perhaps Facebook has an algorithm that will only monitor Stop the Steal messaging on people with more than a thousand followers, for example. Who knows? But turnabout is fair of play, boys and girls. An internet service provider in North Idaho, who also operates in the Spokane, Washington area, has decided to block Facebook and to block Twitter for its customer base. After two-thirds of its customer base called in to complain about Facebook and Twitter censoring conservative viewpoints on their platforms. The ISP, known as Your T1 Wi-Fi, confirmed that it will block Facebook and Twitter from its Wi-Fi services for some customers starting tomorrow, Wednesday. This according to a report by KREM Channel 2 Television. The move came after Twitter permanently banned President Donald Trump from its platform and after Facebook locked the president out of his account indefinitely. The email to your T1 Wi-Fi customers, they're an internet service provider there, 
the northwest part of the United States. Their email to its customers says, quote, It has come to our attention that Twitter and Facebook are engaged in censorship of our customers and information. We have the past couple of days been fielding calls from customers voicing the concern that they do not want these sites allowed to be displayed on their internet feed to them and that they do not want their children to go to these sites. The ISP added that it's been receiving calls by the thousands from its customers about the Twitter and Facebook censorship issue. The ISP explained, because there are too many customers asking for sites to be blocked, we will be blocking Facebook and Twitter for all customers unless they reach out to the company to specifically request access. Again, the company said that two-thirds of its customers asked for Twitter and Facebook to be blocked completely from their internet service. The ISP further explained that it does not condone Facebook and Twitter, as well as any other big tech companies, censoring their users or trying to exterminate their competition, such as Parler. A statement from ISP provider says, Our company does not believe a website or social networking site has the authority to censor what you see and post and hide information from you. We've made the decision to block these two websites from being accessed from our customer network. We also don't condone what Google, Amazon, Twitter, Fakebook, and Apple are doing either to Parler by trying to strong-arm them into submission. In an updated email sent to its customers yesterday, the ISP insisted it will not block the websites for customers who do not want them blocked. That's true. Turnabout is fair play, boys and girls. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And since I'm rambling on, Pelosi said no to the wall, but she did say yes to a $37.5 million funding for overseas abortions last year in January. She quietly slipped it into a bill at the end of last year's government shutdown. We can't build a wall to protect you from illegal immigrant criminals, but we can sure pay to abort babies in foreign countries. What a shame. What an absolute shame. And a report on the SonsofLibertyMedia.com website says Delta Airlines booted two women off of one of their airline flights because they were having a private conversation about President Trump in support of Trump and the positive things he did for our economy. You can choose to fly on whichever airline you choose to fly on. However... I know which ones I won't be flying on. Twitter has reportedly lost $5 billion in market value since they banned Donald Trump's account. They are losing the Truth Hurts account as of today. I will be moving the Truth Hurts program account to Parler. So if you were planning on leaving a tweet at Hertz program for this particular program, that account will be deactivated today. We'll be moving to the Parlor app and I'll let you guys know what's going on. Uh, another couple of quick thoughts for you. Ken Jennings opened yesterday's Jeopardy program as a temporary host until they find a permanent replacement for Alex, Tre- Alex Trebek. He did a pretty good job. I wanted to hate the guy going in. When I first turned it on yesterday, 
I wanted so badly to hate his performance, but he did a really good job. The rumor mill says that Katie Couric might be the new permanent host of Jeopardy, which will lead me to never watch the program again. Such a shame to have such an uber-liberal so-called former journalist taking over for the very unbiased Alex Trebek. Amazon's partner GoDaddy has booted a gun site called AR15.com from its servers. I'm telling you folks, the censorship, the book burning, all of this is very reminiscent of what the Nazis did right around the time of World War II. It's up to us. It's only up to us. In California, instead of the California Assembly and the governor doing things to help the state recover from the Wuhan China novel coronavirus pandemic, they wasted taxpayer dollars yesterday supporting a resolution which has absolutely no power or authority whatsoever, just a baseless resolution to call for the removal of Donald Trump from office your tax dollars at waste. Here's a question for you. If big tech has the ability to shut down apps and platforms and websites and put in algorithms to censor things like stop the steal or stand behind Trump or stand with Trump or anything like that, why don't they shut down child pornography or porn in general? Well, we know the answer is because that generates those companies with a vastly large amount of their revenue. That's why. Patriots coach Bill Belichick is now refusing to accept the Medal of Freedom from President Trump. That's all right. He doesn't deserve it anyway. You don't deserve that honor, Mr. Belichick. It's a presidential Medal of Freedom. It's not a Trump Medal of Freedom. It is a high honor to receive the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I would have taken one from Barack Hussein Obama. I would have taken one from Cigar Bill Clinton. I would have taken one from the peanut farmer Jimmy Carter. You, Mr. Belichick, are a clown. And I sincerely hope gropey Joe Biden doesn't give you one. But we all know he will. And then Belichick's speech will probably be something like, I'm so glad you gave me this honor, oh great and powerful Mr. Gropey Joe Biden, because I wouldn't dare tarnish the Presidential Medal of Freedom by accepting it from Donald Trump. Belichick, you are a nobody in my book. In detailing his plan for a multi-trillion dollar relief package to address the COVID-19 pandemic and allegedly keep the economy afloat, your new president-elect, Sleepy, creepy, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, Joe Biden said he will prioritize everyone except for white male-owned businesses. Quote, Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that are wealthy and are well-connected and are facing real economic hardships to no fault of their own. Our priority will be on black, Latino, Asian, Native American small businesses, women-owned businesses, finally having equal access to resources needed to open and rebuild. We'll make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities in big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced economic barriers to systemic relief. Think of mom and pop owner with just a couple of employees who can't pick up a phone, call a banker, who doesn't have a lawyer and accountants to help them through the struggles, complicated rules, know if they even qualify or simply didn't know there was something there to help them be available in the first place. 
Allow me to translate for you. Gropy Joe Biden said that our focus will be on the small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and aren't well connected and that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of our own. Our priority will be on black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses and woman-owned small businesses finally having equal access to the resources needed to reopen and rebuild. We will make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities, in big cities, small towns, and rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Think of the mom-and-pop owner with a couple of employees who can't just pick up a phone and call a banker or who doesn't have lawyers and accountants to help them through the complicated rules to know if they even qualify or who simply didn't know there was relief available in the first place. Let me stop you folks. I'm going to tear this one down because it needs to be torn down for the obvious race and gender pandering that it is. I guess Joe Biden has experience in being a highly privileged white male, having things handed to him on a silver platter, having an army of lawyers and accountants and specialists to help him be able to live in his basement in Delaware while the world passes by. I understand his comment. It says our focus will be on the small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy. That part is okay. But then he says and well-connected. So I guess only white people are well-connected? Only white men, that is? Only white men are well-connected, apparently. And he says they're facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. No, it's through the fault of a liberal leftist agenda, a Chinese virology lab unleashing a pandemic on the nation, the same virology lab that Joe Biden's former boss, Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama, funded with hundreds of millions of American taxpayer dollars, and poof, a few years later, coronavirus. Biden's obvious race pandering and gender pandering continues, quote, our priority will be on black, Latino, Asian and Native American-owned small businesses and women-owned businesses. So in other words, if you're a white male, screw you. You get no help, no assistance whatsoever. Because of the color of your skin and the fact that you have a penis, you will be discriminated against because he says, quote, our priority will be on black Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses and women-owned businesses, finally having equal access to the resources needed to reopen and rebuild. What do you think? The white male-owned businesses walked outside and put up barricades? Do you think they found some kind of special secret entrance to the wardrobe at the back of Narnia to get into their relief efforts? Do you think that the white men are that much smarter than the black women or the Latino men or women or the black men or the Asians or the Native Americans or anyone with a vagina? Do you think that white males are that far superior, Mr. Biden? I know you think you are. 
He continues, we will make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities. You know, the projects in the hood, her In the hood, y'all. He going in the hood. In the big cities. And then the small towns, the rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. You know, small towns like Selma, Alabama. He says, think of the mom and pop owner with a couple of employees who can't just pick up a phone and call a banker. Wait a minute. You think the mom and pop owner of a small business who has a vagina and isn't white and isn't male can't pick up a phone? Mr. Biden, do you really think that women are that ignorant, that stupid, unable to pick up a phone and call a banker? It continues, or who doesn't have lawyers and accountants to help them through the complicated rules. Why did you and your partners in the Senate, Mr. Biden, make the rules so damn complicated? Or to know if they even qualify? I don't know. You think women and minorities are that ignorant, that uneducated, that stupid, that they can't go to the website and see if they qualify? Or who simply didn't know there was even relief available in the first place, Biden added. Really? You don't think that every American, every woman, every minority out there doesn't know about COVID relief that's available? They don't watch TV? They don't watch your mainstream buddies in the liberal media? You think only white people know the secret code word? God, and the people sit there and they they absorb all of this garbage, this drivel. They take it into their ears and they try to process it in their brains and they actually think that what Joe Biden is proposing, overt, out in the open, obvious race pandering, obvious racism, obvious gender bias is the way the entirety of America wants to go. Well, of course, if you're black, if you're Asian, if you're Hispanic, if you're Native American, if you're a member of the vagina crowd, you're loving this. You're loving this because you've listened for years and years how the white man is keeping us down. The white man is screwing us. The white man gets all the privilege. And you're sucking that up, man. You're sucking that up like a smoothie. And you're believing the lies and the bullshit. White men who own businesses are not necessarily evil. They employ many, many, many minorities and females in this nation. I wish there was a way for there to be a boycott of America for one day, an economic boycott by any white-owned business. If you're a white male and you own a business, We pick one specific day to shut down our business. Send everybody home. Sorry, can't afford to pay you today. My white privilege was stepped on by Joe Biden. I can't afford to pay you all today, so you're all taking one day off without pay. I'm shutting my doors. You can't buy gasoline. You can't buy your pharmacy products, your groceries. You can't buy your home goods. If a white male owns the business, Shut the economy down for one day to show America just how powerful the white male-owned businesses truly are in this country. 
the Biden transition team highlighted that clip from his speech last Friday, which led critics to point out that it is indeed discrimination. It actually is. Marina Medvin wrote, PSA, discrimination based on race and sex includes white men and remains unlawful under federal law. The Matt Walsh blog writes, this is racial discrimination. Joe Biden should be impeached already. Jeremy Frankel writes, this seems like a blatant violation of the Civil Rights Act and the 14th Amendment. Danny Gokey writes, ha 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 ha, it's entertaining to see the implementation of racism to eradicate racism, segregation to desegregate, and division to bring unity. It's like watching a dog chase its own tail. Michael Knowles writes, our priority will be establishing a racial caste system. Go equality. This is completely illegal according to Jack Posobiec. These are all people responding to the Biden-Harris transition team's Twitter account, where Joe Biden clearly is quoted at the top of the tweet. It says, our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses and women-owned businesses, and finally having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild, slash President-elect Biden. And then there's a video of him saying those exact same things. Our focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses, and finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. But we're going to make a concerted effort to help small businesses in low-income communities in big cities, small towns, rural communities that have faced systemic barriers to relief. Think of the mom and pop owner with a couple of employees who can't pick up the phone and call the banker who doesn't have a lawyer, an accountant to help them through this complicated process. To know if they're even qualified or who simply didn't know where where this relief is available in the first place. Read that telephone. We went through this down when we were trying to bring, when we brought the Detroit back off its knees. What? And as we saw in this morning's job report, restaurants, bars, and hospitality industry have been slammed by this virus. And by the Democrats. We're going to direct relief to those businesses and others that have been so badly hit, hit the hardest. By your show. Show them that support to help them get through the other side of this crisis. Man-made crisis. Yes, folks, I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to be. Open, overt, right out there, in-your-face discrimination, in-your-face targeted racism against white men. When you tell someone that we're going to give favoritism, special treatment, and priority to a group of people, or several groups of people. And that automatically leaves out another group of people. That is racism, by its very definition. For example, if tomorrow a president came out and said, we're going to prioritize our funding on businesses that are owned by white, straight, Christian males only. That's our focus. That's our priority. 
we're going to only help out white-owned, male-white-owned, Christian male-white-owned businesses. You're effectively saying, to hell with women-owned businesses, to hell with black-owned businesses, or Asian or Latino or Indian-owned businesses. Because your focus is on one group only. Or let's say, we're going to only focus on white-owned, men-owned businesses and women who vote Republican. You are effectively shutting the door on any assistance, any prioritization of any other group. That, by its very definition, is a violation of the Civil Rights Act and of the 14th Amendment. But it's okay, because it's against the evil, white, married, Christian, male. Evil. It's all pandering, people. It's all kissing ass and giving, in some form, reparations to those who put you in office. It's disgusting. It's the truth. And sometimes, the truth hurts. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And now I'd like to take you inside the Joe Biden transition team headquarters for an interview with one of his top policy advisors. I think you'll be interested to hear this. Uh, you got to remember, you know, OK, so 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 some, some people were, you know, they were doing some stuff and then, and then other people were like, hey. Speeches for Biden, sir? And that was a moment inside the Joe Biden transition team. Brought to you by your friends here at the Truth Hurts program. (laughs) Meanwhile, 52 people allegedly broke into the Capitol building. They showed videos from all kinds of different angles. And we've seen videos saying that Capitol Police were actually ushering some of those malcontents into the building. But they're trying to blame every one of the hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters who were out there with being part of the quote-unquote violent riot, the insurrection, the sedition. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's like saying... If a red-headed white guy robs a convenience store, then automatically all red-headed white guys are evil criminals. It's like saying if a black guy with an afro robs a convenience store, that all black guys with afros are evil criminals. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but on January 8th, there was a riot declared in the suburb of Portland, Oregon, and the news media completely ignored it. A riot was declared in a suburb of Portland, Oregon after black bloc rioters vandalized the police precinct and local businesses. 
Thursday night's violence escalated from a demonstration that was organized to call for justice in an officer-involved shooting. Shortly after 4 p.m. Wednesday, the same day that the Capitol crap was going on, the city of Teagard, Oregon, responded to a report of a domestic disturbance at an apartment complex rather, in the suburb of southwest Portland. Officers attempted to arrest a man on domestic violence charges after they took time doing a very careful investigation. The thug, whose last name was McDuff, was allegedly inside his vehicles. Officers said he had a knife. Police say they tried to take him into custody. He refused to surrender. He resisted arrest. Eventually, the Tigard Police Department shot and killed McDuff during the struggle, according to their report. Despite an investigation into the officer-involved shooting by the Washington County Major Crimes Team, the protest erupted Thursday night. Police said about 100 individuals gathered in Tigard, a city of about 55,000, at 8.30 p.m. on Thursday. The anti-police, anti-government protest escalated to the point where black block rioters vandalized police headquarters. They smashed windows and doors. They spray-painted all cops are bastards on the outside of the police station. They destroyed property. Then, in true BM movement fashion, they made their way to the downtown business area where they blocked traffic, destroyed many storefronts, spray-painted graffiti on private and public property, and the Teagard police declared the unrest to be an unlawful assembly and declared it a riot. Some of these animals spray-painted, Stop killing people and we will stop rioting on the entrance to a State Farm Insurance building. I wonder what Jake has to say about that. Supposedly, the crowd dispersed around 9.30 in the evening and one arrest was made. One out of hundreds of people destroying property assaulting, creating havoc, a riot. One person was arrested. The riot allegedly comes a day after the Democrat Mayor Ted Wheeler of Portland was given a tongue lashing and was physically assaulted by left-wing malcontents while dining at a restaurant. Portland, as you know, has been dealing with regularly occurring riots since May. But that's okay. You won't hear about that on the mainstream media. You won't see one minute of coverage on NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, HLN, WGN, or any of the other mainstream media stations. Nope, you won't see a word about it, boys and girls, because there is indeed a double standard in the United States of America. That double standard is pro-socialist, pro communist, pro-Marxist. It is anti-conservative. It is anti-Republican. It is anti-you and me. And it is indeed anti-American in every aspect of its existence. That will wrap up this Tuesday morning edition of the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Opinions expressed on this program are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution for as long as we continue to have a 
First Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. There's a storm coming, folks. You need to be prepared for a storm. If the storm came in the form of rain, you'd have a raincoat, an umbrella, a roof to protect you from the rain. If the storm was wind, you'd barricade and board up your windows. You'd find some way of shielding yourself from the wind. If it were fire, you'd have sprinkler systems and fire extinguishers and a garden hose, access to a fire hydrant. If it were a tornado, you'd have a storm shelter. Unfortunately, this storm is invading your telephone, your television, your computer, your tablet, your smart device, the newspapers, every news show. This storm is coming for your guns, for your freedom of speech, your freedom to speak out against your government. And it only applies to you. It does not apply to the other side. It does not apply to the lawless. It does not apply to the minorities. It does not apply to the gender benders. It only applies to common sense conservative thoughts, actions, and inactions. Prepare yourselves for the storm that's coming, folks. This is the Truth Hurts program, and we'll see you next time. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.